Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is WEEI Late Night with Mark Dondero on WEEI. I'm looking at the game a little different. I'm, I'm looking at, at, at Brown and Tatum, and I'm asking myself, should, should they be saying, okay, am I going to concede to you guys because you're still called raising me, or am I coming at you? Am I taking your spot? Everybody's going with Brooklyn. Brooklyn's the favorite. You know, Chuck saw it, the Vegas highs and all that. Tatum and Brown should be like, you know what? I'm the student, y'all the teacher, but it's time for us to kill you guys. And they should definitely be looking forward to playing out of their minds so they can send these guys home. Absolutely. Absolutely, Shaq. That is absolutely correct. I hadn't heard that sound. That is absolutely right. And I think they are. I think they are. Based on what I've seen down the stretch this year, I trust Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and their heads being in the right place. I trust it. I think that they are. I think they're going to show up. And I think all of a sudden, you're going to look at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and they're, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same after this series. That's what I think. That's what I think. I'm not saying it's going to be, um, you know, the Larry Bird, you, you know, Magic Johnson. What was it? The Dream Team, where it's Larry Bird and Magic Johnson basically conceding the league to Michael Jordan. Oh no, it's his league now. Magic, Larry said. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I mean, come on, Tatum and Brown. They're this is their time, and I think they're ready to seize it. And I think they're going to do what Shaq just outlined. I don't. I think the time of being in awe of all these guys and trying to just be boys with them, I think it's over. And I know, you know, Kyrie Irving after the game is going to go up and say hi to Mrs. Tatum. That's fine. They've got a nice relationship. Whatever. I think the ultimate priority for Brown and Tatum, not should be, is going to be announcing officially their arrival to the NBA. That's what I think is going to happen. I flat out think too many people are intoxicated by the name and the game of Durant and Irving and those two guys and those two guys only. And they are not considering enough the type of of talent the Celtics have, their high-end talent with their two best guys, and the type of defense this team is capable of playing. Because for Brooklyn... I don't see where that defense is coming from. I don't see it. 
Now, sure, there's games in the South. You know, the Celtics could just be ice cold. Could happen in game one. They're just ice cold. I don't see it. I think Tatum shows up and balls out. If you look back over the course of the NBA, especially recently, last 20 years, this is the time you see these things happen. This is the time guys pop. Uh, Think about the, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, there's a million examples. Think about the Golden State Warriors. When was Steph Curry drafted? 09? When was Klay Thompson drafted? I'm going to look it up real quick. Ah, the computer's not working. Hold on. Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. They turned that team into, for years, 2011. Thank you, Justin. 2011, Klay Thompson. When When did the Warriors pop? I can't remember exactly but it was around 2014-ish. Mark Jackson, they, you know, he had him going a little bit. They fired him. Steve Kerr came in. It was around 2014. Five years in. For Curry, four years, three years in for Thompson. The Celtics are right in that same sweet spot. Same area. Steve Kerr took over in 2014. It was just after that the Warriors busted onto the scene. How about Devin Booker? Took the took the Suns to the finals. First round pick, 2015. They go to the finals in 2020, 2021. Five years. Five, six years. Finals. Giannis. What about Giannis? Drafted in 2013. His team starts making noise. Ultimately, they win the championship in 2020-2021. Seven years. A little longer, but that is Milwaukee. And I don't think uh, Chris Middleton will ever be as good as Jalen Brown's going to be. It takes time. You have to learn how to win. You have to pay your dues. Rookies and two, you know, second-year guys and second-year combos don't win the championship in the NBA. The Celtics, that time, that developmental period is over, and I think they figured it out, obviously physically with their games, but also mentally and emotionally, and they're doing what they need to do, and I think they're going to continue to do it. And I'm not saying they're going to make, uh, they're going to put Durant and Irving in the nursing home. I just think they're going to be able to go tit for tat, and I think the defense of the Celtics will ultimately prove to be the difference. They will play a little bit more defense, a little bit better defense, and that is going to be what takes them into the next round. And that will give Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but more more so Jason Tatum, the signature biggest win. Obviously, it'll be more than one game, but that will be the biggest professional accomplishment to this point of Jason Tatum's career. This series will be that. That's what I feel. Now, we'll see how it ends up going. We'll see where it ends up going, how they play. Again, this is not this is just not about Tatum playing well because he could really play well and the Celtics might not have a chance to win. 
You know, this is not... Darius Garland played well for the Cavs the other night in the playing game in the loss to the Nets. But it wasn't enough. It's the Cavs. They don't have enough scoring. They don't have enough this and that. And the Nets won that game. But Garland played really well. Jason Tatum is not living in Darius Garland's world anymore. He moved on because that's what he and everybody else in Boston wanted him to do. Move on. Because you're too good, it's time to ascend. It's time to get better. He did that. So just putting up 40 points in a losing effort or going off statistically does not win me over and does not get you to where you need to go. And he knows that. Because at this stage, it's about winning and it's about getting over the hurdles that are in front of you. And that now means Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You better look them in the eye and understand that you are on their level. You are on their level, Jason Tatum. And if Jalen Brown is in, he's not far behind. The talent is plenty good enough for them to find a way to win this series and move on in advance. And in doing so, putting one of the most significant feathers in their cap during the Tatum and Brown era, if not before that. Because this team will be better, obviously, if they're able to win this series. They'll be better off for it going forward. That will be a huge dragon to slay. And if you can find a way to win it, it'll be a win unlike any other one you've had in the playoffs. It'll be the ultimate statement for a guy like Jason Tatum. He will increase confidence and the team will increase morale, not just because they were able to win this series, not just because Jason Tatum would be able to go off and really have one of the best, you know, series, whatever stretch of games of his career, but because in the back of their mind, the Celtics would be understood, understanding that Rob Williams is on the verge of returning. That would be an avalanche of optimism and positivity. That, frankly, this team really could use and needs. So we'll see if they're able to execute effectively. I don't think it's going to be an easy series. But I do expect the Celtics to be able to handle their business and win it in six. Win it in six. Maybe it goes seven. Because that's six games probably in Brooklyn. You bring it back to the Garden in seven. You might win it in seven. I think the Celtics should win it in six. That's what I think because this team, now they have had a long layoff. Um, They're going to have had a long layoff by the time this game tips. But that's okay. Why? Because teams that are ready to win, those types of things don't bother them. I think the Celtics are ready to win. If they're not, we are going to then find and identify the various reasons as to why they're not. We'll talk about those. We'll be irritable, but we'll talk about that. If that happens, we'll talk about that. I think they're going to step up because I think they're ready. I think they've gotten to a point where they figured something out internally that allows them to be the team they want to be. And if you've got Tatum and Brown producing 
and Marcus Smart defending on the perimeter and getting help from Tice, from Brown, from Horford, this team should be able to move on to the second round, and that's that. It's as simple as that to me. Because if they don't, the conversation will change. Now, it may not change drastically depending on what Tatum does in his offensive output, but it's going to change. Because I don't care who's on the other side. That would be a choke at this point after the turnaround you've had to lose in the first round. That would be a dis- That is not good enough. I don't care that Rob Williams isn't here. I don't care you're playing two of the best teams in the league or two of the best players in the league. You have to find a way to win this series or else you haven't moved an inch. You still just can't get by the established superstar. First, it was LeBron James. Then it was Jimmy Butler. Now it's going to be, if it comes to this, it's going to be the other superstars that are associated with what's going on. Okay? So, I need to see more. And this is the time. It's a great stage for Tatum. It's a great stage for Brown. I think they know that. I think they're going to be ready for the moment. I can't wait to tip it off. All right. Um, I want to talk about the Patriots when we get back. 617-779-7937. You know, Bill Belichick, obviously, free agency wasn't this year what it was last year. wasn't what people were hoping for. Stephon Gilmore, if you didn't hear... Uh, News on him. We can talk about that real quick in the trending. Bill Belichick, I have a problem with one thing I heard about Bill Belichick and his uh, reluctance to go after Bill O'Brien. And it might not be for the reason that that you would be thinking, but there's something that bothers me about this scenario. And we're going to get into that next. This is WEI Late Night. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. W-E-E-I. This is WEEI Late Night, streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, back here on WEEI Late Night, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Patriots getting set for the NFL draft that's upcoming. Um... You know, obviously, they need to get some help from Mac Jones. He'd love to see that. Mac Jones, by the way, we were talking about Jason Tatum and how it's about winning. 
and that's really all that matters. The numbers are the numbers. We know what kind of numbers he can put up. At this point, it's all about winning. Okay, that's what Jason Tatum is. Okay, stats don't mean anything anymore if you're Jason Tatum. Not at this time of year, at least. It's about winning. Because I think he's going to be on the All-NBA first team. Okay, he's proven he can put up the stats. And they're only going to continue to get better. It's about winning. It's about finding a way to win a big series against a team that has bona fide superstar-level talent. It's about winning for Jason Tatum. Mac Jones, it's the opposite. It's what it used to be for Tatum. It's not about winning. Now, obviously, you want to see him win, take a step, and be able to win games, you know, in the fourth quarter, a drive late in the game to take the lead or whatever. But for Mac Jones, it's still about ascending, progressing, putting up numbers that make me a believer even more so than I already am. That's what it's about for Mac Jones still right now, next year. It'll be about continuing the positive progression and trends that we have seen or that we saw during his rookie year and put up numbers and show me different things and become a little more dynamic and prove to me that you can lead the Patriots to victory in different ways. And it's not just one type of style that you have to play offensively in order to win or play well uh, and win offensively, win on offense. That's what Mac Jones can do. It's not all about the wins. We can have some moral victories if you're Mac Jones and play well uh, statistically and maybe not get a win. That will still speak to me in Mac Jones' second year. Jason Tatum, no. All that time, that developmental period is over. Mac Jones still in his developmental period. That's the difference, okay? As far as Bill Belichick goes, this is the problem, and this is what has concerned me. Bill Belichick, reportedly, um, was reluctant to offer Bill O'Brien a job because Bill O'Brien works for his friend Nick Saban. Now, if that's what happened, and you really truly thought that Bill O'Brien would have been the best case scenario for the Patriots, which I'm assuming is what Bill Belichick thinks and is the case based on his history, based on his work with Tom Brady, based on his experience, having been in the NFL, having worked for Nick Saban, having done all these things, you would think that'd be the best case scenario for a guy like Mac Jones, especially with where he is in his career. If that's the case, and Bill Belichick did not move forward with trying to make that happen out of respect for Nick Saban, well, then what are we doing here? And why isn't Robert Kraft asking Bill Belichick to his office to have a serious conversation? Because I understand that Bill Belichick led the Patriots to six Super Bowl championships with Bill, with Tom Brady. But if that's the case, if you think and the room thinks that Bill O'Brien is the best, you know, situation for Mac Jones and would be the best guy to replace Josh McDaniels, and you didn't do that, you didn't you didn't hire him just because Nick Saban has him on his staff? Was it Brian Dayball on Nick Saban's staff or Saban's staff, or was that after the Patriots? I think that was after the Patriots. That's just not good enough if you think Bill O'Brien would have been the answer. 
And it aligns with what I've been worried about with Bill Belichick for some time now. Is Bill Belichick just more interested in being comfortable? And I'm not saying um, implementing an exit strategy. I'm not saying that. But is he more interested in securing his legacy after football than he is helping the Patriots win football games right now as their head coach? I'm just wondering if that's the case. That's the question I'm asking. Because Bill Belichick, we know some of the people that he has hired as assistant coaches. A lot of head scratchers. A lot of kids of my friend or this guy I coach with, his son. A lot of people like that on the staff. His own son's on the staff. A lot of things, a lot of this, a lot of that. I, it appears to me that Bill Belichick isn't doing what's best for the New England Patriots at this point. That's what it appears like to me. Now, if you want to argue with me, feel free. I, I just don't see it any other way right now. It's like he wants to set up his legacy for after football and make sure that the way people think about him is aligned with how he wants people to think about him. I think that might be his biggest priority now, even more than winning. That might be the biggest priority now. Just, you know, kind of like how Tom Brady became more prioritized or he prioritized more the TB12 stuff sort of, towards the end, you know, that became a bigger priority. I think Bill Belichick is doing this. I think he's trying to set up his life post-coaching or more so set up the people in his life that he wants to be around for success when he's done coaching. We heard that narrative multiple times. He wants to be around people he wants to be around. That's fine. He's earned that right. Might not be the best thing for the football team, though. Just might not. And if he didn't hire Bill O'Brien because Nick Saban has him on his staff and that was the primary reason, that is not good enough. That is just not doing what's best for the football team. If you think he's the best guy and you could have hired him, theoretically you could have hired him. If you didn't, just because of a friendship with Nick Saban, I just don't think, I mean, I don't know who the coordinator is going to be. But I cannot say that was the best thing unequivocally for the football team. You know, it's a shame when you look at Bill Belichick in this way. Um, you know, for most people, I don't know about your family, most people, um, and I'm not saying I do this either, but a lot of people will act like the sweetest person outside you know, in the real world, when they're interacting with people they might not know as well or people they might not care for as much as their own immediate family. But then when they get home, well, they don't have to act like that anymore and they can be themselves. And if they're pissed or had a bad day, you know, a lot of times when you get home, you don't act as nice to the people that you're supposed to truly love 
as you do to the strangers that you come across every day. And you put on this nice face and you want people to have a good impression of you. I get it. But Bill Belichick, I give him credit. He's like the opposite of that. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that he's trying to, you know, he's trying to set up his legacy post-coaching. But Bill Belichick seemingly treats, you know, he treats some of the people that he works with super well. Obviously, he's trying to be their champion in a way. And he's not as ruthless as you would think as a boss, as a coach, whatever you want to say. But with the people he doesn't know all that well, the media, he he's the complete opposite. He's a jerk. You know, most people put on the nice face for the strangers, and then they're grumpy when they go home. Bill Belichick, I feel like, is the exact opposite. He's grumpy with the media. He's happy at home. But the question is, is that's great. He's happy. But do you have guys that can win a football game on Sunday? <laughs> you know, you need those guys. Uh, it's a competitive league. You need guys like that that can win. I don't know if Bill Belichick is prioritizing finding those types of guys. That's all. I just, I that is the biggest thing. He has said, Bill, for years. That he's I'm doing what's best for the team. That's what's best for the team. That's what's best. Blah, blah, blah. We've heard that for years, 20 years we've heard that. Ever since he was trying to explain why he went with Tom Brady over Drew Bledsoe. T-E-A-M, team. He's been supposedly doing that ever since. And I think most of the time he does do that. But now, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if every move he makes is the best thing for the team. It feels like, to me, he's trying to set up the organization for life after Bill Belichick. That's what it feels like to me. And he's trying to reach out and be accommodating to different people within the game so when he's done, people will look at him in a favorable light and they won't think he's a jerk. That's what I'm seeing. I have no idea if I'm right. That's what I'm seeing, though. And I do not think that that mentality, if that's his priority, is the best thing for the New England Patriots. And I don't think it's... I think it's becoming the worst-kept secret in, in football. Bill Belichick is not doing, ultimately, what's best for the New England Patriots. And again, he's earned the right. But Robert Kraft has also earned the right to come down to his uh, office, knock on the door, and say, you know, hey, Bill... Let's just talk for a sec because I got something to ask. I don't think that's, I'm not going to say it's out of the realm of possibility, but I think that's certainly within Robert Kraft's right. Especially with some of the trends we've been seeing. Draft coming up, big draft, obviously. Now, as, you know, as, as, People obviously haven't been singing the Patriots' praises this offseason with the moves they made, the moves they haven't made. You know, you re- every other time you go online, there's some scout talking about how you're just baffled by what the Patriots are doing. But when you really think about it, they're one good draft away. That's it. 
one good draft away. And what they can do, I mean, here's the hard part. They're one good draft away, but you need to hit on the draft picks, and not just on draft picks, but at the position that is really one of your weaker areas. That's where you need to hit. Because if the Patriots make some good picks, that's not useless. That will keep them where they are and even maybe enhance them a little bit if they hit on picks. But in order to get to where we want them to go, where we think ultimately they should be capable of going with Bill Belichick and hopefully sooner rather than later with Mac Jones, has to be drafting a guy at a position of need who is a huge success. That's where it has to start. And I love the fact that they, we can't consider that they are close with one or two guys acquired via the draft. That's what I need to see from the Patriots if they want to. Because otherwise, you're just going to be mired in mediocrity. There are too many good teams in the, in the AFC, and we all know the deal. But it's like Bill Belichick is just so hardcore. Now, I mean, do you see the tweet tonight? You see where he was? At a Vanderbilt baseball game. Now, Vanderbilt baseball has a great pipeline to the Northeast. They get a lot of kids from up here, and I think it's smart. You bring them to the SEC, you know, this stud from wherever, Eastern Mass, Central Mass, who was getting overlooked by some of the schools because of where he played high school ball. I have no idea why Bill Belichick was at the game. He's a lax guy. I don't know what kind. Maybe he was at the pro day circuit. I don't know what he was doing there. But, yeah, whatever. Just hit the draft when you have it. That's all I ask. Because all the throwing sessions that are going on, it's nice. But if you don't have the talent, you're never going to ascend to the level you want to ascend to. And I don't know if you're going to find out exactly what Mac Jones's true potential is either. That would be another thing I'd be concerned about. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. Okay. Mac Jones, if he can't play, obviously you're not going to win that much. If he can't play. Obviously, if Mac Jones can't play, you're certainly not going to, based on what the history of the New England Patriots is, you're not going to see... Um, I mean, we know that in the NFL, guys do not want to play sometimes with certain quarterbacks. And a lot of those guys, obviously, are wide receivers. And today in the NFL, wide receivers... And wide receiver is the most important position on the field outside of quarterback, arguably. Okay, so you need to find a way to make Mac Jones look as good as possible. Because if you do, you'll have a chance to get some guys or a guy that you might not have thought you were going to once upon a time have the chance to get. But guys do gravitate towards really good quarterbacks. There are a lot of good quarterbacks. But if you have Belichick, who people seem to like to play for. They like the mystique of his coaching. And if you have Mac Jones, an up-and-coming talent, that could take another possible another step. Well, then we might be somewhere.
Let's talk to Paul in Westfield about Bill Belichick. Paul, how are you? Excellent. Happy Easter Sunday. Good night. Paul Christ as well for being crucified and risen from the dead. I'm feeling quite spry. That's okay. Hey, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Know. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, yes sir. Wasn't hey, expecting Mark, that. I we can take that though. To... <laughs> Paul Christ, Easter Sunday. You got it. So, Mark, this is the funny thing. I heard you or someone else. He had a Southie accent. He was from Brockton. He packed the con yard. He talked like the Kennedys. And he, he, he said something very smart when I was a kid. And I was surrounded by rich people growing up, so I could see the difference. Um, you know, those same money can't buy you love. And they also can't buy you talent. However, for an A-level elite athlete, if you can get them, you got to step up to the plate nowadays. The market's changed. Uh, but, however, this is the thing that I think you mentioned. Uh, Belichick, obviously Tom Bray was in the sixth round. Belichick has a knack for finding players in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round where other people didn't identify the – well, like with Mac Jones, the, the potential quality. And he seems to develop them better than anyone. So not necessarily spending big money. You know, value versus price. There's a big difference. I knew the poorest man in the world. All he had was money. So you got to be careful what you spend it on, too. All right. Well, I appreciate the call, Paul. Thanks very much. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. Uh, the problem is the value that he's getting, the fifth, the sixth-round picks, that's fine. I'm for that. Find the value in those rounds. The problem is... Uh, this team needs wide receiving talent, and they need ultimately a number one wide receiver. So I don't care if you find it in the fifth round, the sixth round. That's fine. Find it, though. You know, you got to find it. And ultimately, if you hit in the draft, you don't have to pay some of those contracts that you would have to pay in free agency. You have guys that make impacts on rookie deals, and you can do that and, and still have room to tweak a part of the roster that you think needs tweaking. You know that, though, Paul. Happy Easter. Um, yeah, I don't care. Value, fifth round, sixth round, top of the first round. Find a wide receiver that's capable of being a number one. Doesn't matter where it is. Mike in New Hampshire wants to talk Bill Belichick. Mike, how are you? Good evening. Good. How are you? Good. Two things. Um... As far as Mac getting better, yes, it would help if we had a legitimate number one receiver, whether it be like a late free agent signing, although I doubt that'll happen, or, you know, someone in the draft. But my point that I continue to make is we got rid of a couple of quality offensive linemen in the offseason um, in Karras and Mason. Now, Owenanu will step in at guard, but I know it's not sexy, but if we could draft maybe this Zion Johnson out of BC and solidify the O-line so that they're good pass blockers for Mac, good run blockers to open up play action, like all the great receivers, they could run the best routes in the world. It's not going to matter if Mac is getting hit upside the helmet or knocked on his ass every play. No quarterback, including Tom Brady, plays well under those conditions. So I would like to see them solidify the O-line with a really good step-in starter, maybe get a John Mechie, someone maybe even better, in the second round at wide receiver. The other point I want to make, and I'd love to hear your comment, is I really I think you're – I think you're on to something with Belichick, but you're kind of beating around the bush. I'm going to put it out there. 
he is promoting Steve Belichick to run his defense, make the defensive calls. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in the playoff game against Buffalo, I think they scored seven touchdowns in seven consecutive drives, maybe never done before in the NFL. Like Bill Belichick pushing his son Steve, right, is hurting the New England Patriots. And when is Bob Kraft going to see it? When are we going to get a real defensive coordinator and go back to play in solid defense? Love to hear your thoughts. All right, well, thanks for the call, Mike. First off on the offensive lineman, okay, I'm not against having a solid offensive line. I do think it's important. However, the Cincinnati Bengals just went to the Super Bowl with a borderline porous offensive line, okay? And like I've said before, you're never a guard away. So as much as I want a good, stout offensive line, it feels like, and you're right, I mean, if he has no time to play to throw, those great wide receivers aren't going to get open, but you still need the great wide receivers, and I think the game has changed to the point where that's the type of guy that means more than an offensive line even because the Bengals, I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, and it was arguably what cost them, but you can find ways to patch. And also, Bill Belichick has had success drafting offensive linemen, especially going back to two calls ago, late in the late in the sixth round, when you fifth round, I mean, he's had success in later rounds drafting there. So that is not as big of a concern for me. The wide receiver is a bigger concern for me, and I think that's the most important position in football right now after the quarterback. In terms of what you said about Steve Belichick, I agree. I agree. He's in, He wants to be around who he wants to be around. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the data backs it up. You got Steve Belichick. He can't even run a meeting. I mean, Dean Pease went on a, on, a, on a rant a couple months ago about how some of these young coaches, they didn't go up the ladder like you're supposed to. He wasn't talking about Steve Belichick, but he might as well have been. These guys, I was a teacher, Pease was saying. I know how to address a room. These guys can't even run a meeting. Steve Belichick can't even run a meeting. He needs to have another you know, co-defensive coordinator, Gerard Mayo, to help do the things that he can't do. He can't talk to te- he can't talk to the players. You know what the hell am I supposed to think? The defense did have some good stretches last year, but then they had some horrible stretches. It is hard for me to sit here and say that the Patriots organization is better off because Steve Belichick has become more involved with the defense. It's hard. And you're right. The problem with Robert Kraft is he already feels like he probably messed up. He, I mean, he did mess up by letting Tom Brady go based on where I'm sitting right now. We'll see what happens with Mac Jones. But he probably feels like a lot of people out there, fans, etc., feel like he messed up. So, you know, he doesn't want to now get rid of or put heat on Bill Belichick that could ultimately lead to him leaving or piss him off where he walks away angry and then it, it really ends badly with both people. And then it's just Bill uh, Robert Kraft sitting there you know, with his thumb up his ass. He doesn't want that. He chose Belichick over Brady. That's what happened. So now he's got to live with that, and I think that is what might be keeping him back or holding him back from walking into Belichick's office and being like, why don't we have a real defensive coordinator? So there's a few different things there. But, yeah, I agree. I can't say it's better for the Patriots that Steve Belichick has been more involved. Maybe it will prove to be one day, but from where I sit right now, I can't say that. This is WEI Late Night. W-E-E-I Late Night on W-E-E-I Boston Sports Original.
Well, our habits were good for half the game, so we're back to November where we played half a hockey game and then shot ourselves in the foot and couldn't do enough to recover against good hockey clubs. I've seen this before. I just haven't seen it in a while. All right, that's Bruce Cassidy. Um, you know, just a quick take on the Bruins. Um, you know, they've lost three in a row. Linus Allmark gets hurt. Their goaltending hasn't been great. You know, power play hasn't been great. Hasn't looked good. (laughs) All of a sudden, we're not, you know, now we're just jumping off the bandwagon and there's no hope for this team? I'm sorry. I do not feel that way. David Pasternak hasn't been playing. He's missed, what, five games? Okay? They're going to struggle when one of their best players isn't in. The power play is going to struggle. When that one-timer's not there. Now, I, you know, they're not going to be the hottest team going into the playoffs. I, I don't think at this point. But I, I'm just saying I'm not going to write off the Bruins because of a bad stretch. And I know they lost to a bad team the other day. But you, I'm, I'm not going to do it. They found a rhythm. They've hit a rough patch. This is the Boston Bruins. Okay? Historically, if there's one thing that you should still be able to count on, if you're talking about the Bruins, it's their mental makeup. It's the makeup and the culture that this team has built over the course of the last 12 years. I mean, the game I'd have wrote, you know, Patrice Bergeron might not be as physically gifted or as physically, um, you know, he might not be the player physically that he was five, eight years ago because he's older, but the mental makeup and culture should still be as good as ever. You would hope. I'm not giving up on this team. They have dominated before in the month of March. They've dominated the regular season, President's Trophy, one of the best goalies in the league, Tuka Rask, blah, blah, blah. I'm not giving up on the team. You find a way to get that balance back, you get that top guy back in Pasternak. The defense. You know, Hampus Lindholm, he was dealing with an injury. If it just comes back around, which I think it could, I'm just not going to give up on the team. All right, random ask emails. We got one tonight. Fran in Hanover. What's your take on Easter? Like, I'm assuming they don't mean my religious take on Easter. So I'll give you my take, this take, okay? I think Easter has some of the most underrated candy when you talk about holidays. It's it's as I think it's better than Halloween. Easter candy is the best candy. Chocolate bunnies, gummies, or not gummies, uh, jelly beans, Cadbury eggs. I mean, I guess gummies, if you want gummies, that's fine. The Cadbury eggs, I love Cadbury eggs. I'm going to go buy one tomorrow. Should have bought one tonight. I'm pissed. 
Cadbury eggs might be on the Mount Rushmore of candies. Oh, they're so good. And one one of the most devastating, honestly, one of the most disappointing aspects to my time as a father has been my kids don't like them. I I came, well, I remember one day I came home. I was going to surprise them. It was just great. Oh, they're going to love this big chocolate egg. It's got this goo inside. It tastes great. They were like, Daddy, I don't like this. What is this inside this goo? What? But between the jelly beans, the chocolate bunnies, Cadbury eggs, and the different assortment of candy, and plus it's, you know, the the nice colors. Easter candy is excellent. That's my take on Easter. Justin, thanks for your help tonight, man. Good to be back with you, Mark. Good to be back with you. I'll be back on Sunday with KJ. Game one, we'll get you set for that. Happy Easter. This is WEEI Late Night. Greg Hill Show, Chatting Bruins. What's your expectation for this team in the playoffs? Listen, I don't know where they're going to wind up. It's so close with Pittsburgh, Tampa, Boston. I don't know who they're going to wind up playing right now. But I think you could expect, you could hope for a first-round win. And if you got more than that, I think you'd be happy. Miss Mike Milbury on the Greg Hill Show. Listen to it on demand anywhere, anytime. Download the Odyssey app and take Boston sports with you everywhere you go. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England sports original. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.